What's up, guys? I'm your host, Alex Legos, and welcome to Every Fifth Day, the first ever podcast to take you inside the heads of professional pitchers. Today, we are talking to Noah Zavalis, a six foot two right handed starting pitcher for the Carolina Mudcats, a single A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. Noah was drafted out of Harvard last year in the 18th round by the Seattle Mariners, and he split his 2018 season between two teams before being traded to the Brewers in the offseason. We're catching Noah on an off day just a few days after start against the Winston Salem Dash on June. 1st, 2019, where he went five and a third and earned himself a nice W. His official stat line was three runs, seven hits, two walks, and five strikeouts while tossing 78 pitches, 55 of them strikes. That's 70%. Let's get right into it, but be sure to stick around after the episode for more exclusive content, as always. And we're live. I am here with Noah Zavalis. How are you, man? Good to have you here today. I'm doing well, enjoying the off day right now. Sweet, man. You said it's a uh, it's a league wide off day, so everybody's just kind of chilling. I believe so. I, I mean, there there are some some teams that had to travel home from from away sites last night, maybe early this morning. But we were fortunate enough to to get a win, get a sweep last night. Nice. Um, we're we're relaxing today. Love that, man. And then where are you uh, you headed off somewhere tomorrow? You guys got a home series? No, we got another home series. Uh, I think Salem is coming in. Um, and then, so after that, we'll have a, a bit of a longer trip. Sweet, dude. Well, we super, super appreciative of having you on today, man. We're so excited to talk about this start. I got a chance to sit down and watch it, uh, thanks to MILB.com. And uh, mm-hmm. was a pleasure, man, watching you throw. You throw a lot of strikes, dude. Yep. That's uh, that's my calling card. Love that, man. Well, listen, before we get into some pitch-by-pitch stuff later on, I want to kind of talk about more... More of kind of your process, um, your kind of pro lifestyle. I know it, it varies. There's a lot of uh, consistencies between guys, but a lot of guys kind of do it differently as well. So um, first yeah. and foremost, this kind of, as our listeners know, acts as kind of a journaling uh, exercise, I guess you could say. Um, do you typically take time to reflect on outings? Do you journal? Do you watch video? So usually what we do is our, our pitching coach will, will hand us kind of just a, a printout of a lineup and... Um, after an outing, I'll go back and just make notes for myself. Um, so, you know, usually that just amounts to a line or two based on, you know, what worked or what didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with a lineup uh, that I haven't seen before. Sure. Uh, that'd be really useful because I can, I can go back to that. When you, uh, when you have a series um, and, you know, you're facing the same squad two or three times in a row, are your, does your pitching staff communicate about, uh, you know, I've seen I, this worked against this guy. This didn't work against this guy. Do you guys talk about that type of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we start off each series. Um, our, our organization does a really good job with advanced scouting. So we have um, way more information available to us than I ever did at school. Um, you know, we've got a, a readout of each hitter, their tendencies, their hot zones, what they do with fastballs, what they do with off-speed pitches. So there's, even at this level, a ton more information just available uh, yeah. if you want. So that's helpful to kind of go through in broad strokes at the beginning. And then as you get into to each successive outing, you know, you've got maybe a righty pitching before you and you can see what his curveball does to that lineup. And um, you can you can pick the brain of, of the guy before you, the guy after you. But at the end of the day, nothing is really going to tell you as much as your own experience will. Sure. Um, so you can you can count on the scout um, only only so far up until you have to get on the mound and kind of really figure out how your change-up plays to their lefties mm. as opposed to just change-ups in general. Yep, that's a really good point. How much of a – is there is there any, like, competition aspect in that in terms of, like, you guys are all kind of – I mean, you're all trying to get to the bigs, obviously. That's the mission. Is there any, like, eh, I don't know if I want to kind of give him what I was – you know what I mean? Is it- I mean, with – 
with that kind of stuff, it's it, that that's always kind of the most not 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 obvious, but the the most glaring stuff is like you know guys like oh you know he's really struggling with the breaking ball. I mean yeah, he swung through three of them tonight. It's it's not so much like oh no he didn't. Well you just go back and look. <laughs> well we threw him five and he didn't hit any of them. So. Yeah, fastballs down uh, the middle work. Yeah, do that. Yeah, it's also it's also the case where you spend so much time with these guys and you're in such close contact with them that you know you, you almost you almost have to to make the choice that's gonna. Um, you know, breed, breed, um, you know, good feelings amongst everyone. Like, yeah. You just, you got to get along because you play 140 games and 150, 160 days. It's, it's a long season and, and it just, it benefits everyone if you're all on the same page. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm interested as we continue to crank out these episodes to ask that type of questioning to more guys to kind of get that feel across different organizations and everything. You know, I think, I think you might get a different feel from whoever you're talking to. Um, just from, yeah. just from guys that I've talked to as well, who I played with a bunch of guys who play pro ball and, uh, and you know, they're like, some of them are like, oh yeah, dude, it's dog eat dog out here. Like, <laughs> like some guys are yeah. super hush hush. I think, I think that certainly could be the case. Um, and maybe it's, maybe it's different from a, a starter's perspective or sure. a position player's perspective. Um, at least for me, I mean, it's it's tough to kind of say oh well yeah you know I'm not going to tell this guy he you know this this hitter struggling with changeups my changeups different from another guy's changeup yep. you know it's it's a or, or or you know fastball fastball up plays to this guy and at the end of the day you still got to get that pitch to that spot yeah the other guys still gotta get that pitch to that spot so, yeah absolutely man. execution is the hardest thing it's really easy to know intuitively or, or academically you know I can go in on this guy and then another thing to actually do it yeah oh for sure man when you uh when you look at the amount of info that the position players get as hitters um pregame or pre-series how does that compare to the amount that you guys are getting on the pitching side i think it's it's roughly the same i think the breakdown is that they they'll do a lot more video so Mm. um they want to know what each pitcher they're about to face looks like. So they'll, they'll sit there with a laptop and, and kind of see his pitches move, all that kind of stuff. Whereas it's not as important for us to see a guy's, um, you know, see a guy swing or see a guy hit a ball the opposite way. Yep. Cause we can get that from the dugout more or less. Yep. Um, you know, we can tell a guy, if a guy has a slow bat, yep. uh, the dugout, we don't have to see him face on. Um, but they do, they do roughly the same thing. I think before each game, they'll go through the, that night starter and just kind of, Here's his fastball. Here's his off-speed stuff. Here are his tendencies. This is what he's doing to put you away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of information, and again, it's it's uh, it's now on the player to just kind of pick and choose what's really important to them. I know Very some cool. guys, some guys will zone out during the meetings because they don't, they just don't use that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that, that works really well for them. Some guys want to know everything and they write it all down and they have it in their hats when they're pitching. Mm-hmm. They can take the hat off and, and look at the, the kind of cheat sheet and put it back on. Like CC's cheat sheet that got stuck in his head the other day. You see that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's becoming more of a thing now. I mean, the outfielders have their, their cards in the back pocket yeah. on where to position. Um, you know, now pitchers are kind of, you know, if, if guys really have those tendencies that they can exploit, they're going to go for it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, as, as the game progresses, as athletes continue to get better and better, pitchers are getting better with execution on the mound with every pitch. It's like you got to do anything you can to – to stay ahead. It's an info game yeah. at this point. Um, when you, uh, you threw when two days ago or no uh, more than that now. Saturday or Sunday. It was Saturday, Saturday. Um, yeah. so I want to talk about kind of your, 
um, you know, your five or six day routine, depending on when you're jumping back on the mound. Um, yeah. you threw Saturday. What does your Sunday look like? Are you sure. active? Are you hanging out? What's the deal? Well, so this, this being my first season in a five day rotation as a starter, um, I've kind of, I've kind of tinkered with it. So last, last summer I was more of a stretch long man, like coming off the college season, I would throw three or four innings at a time and then, you know, do that again three or four days later, mm-hmm. maybe at a fifth day, it depends. Um, but I really like this routine. I like being able to have a routine now. So for me, that first day I've kind of settled into a no throw day. Um, cause you know, I'm throwing a lot of innings, uh, in a, in a shorter period of time than I'm used to. So I'll take that, that first day off. Um, and then we, you know, as part of our arm care routine, we've got a lot of stuff we do in the weight room there. Not, not, you know, specific, you know, heavy lifting, Yep. just, you know, getting the blood moving, um, a lot of, a lot of arm exercises or arm stability stuff. Mm-hmm. And then our strength coach has a kind of a, it's, it's an aerobic circuit. So you're doing a lot of stuff like jump ropes, squat jumps, you're just really moving around, but under low load. Cool. Uh, and not even so much high reps, but just to get moving again and kind of reset. Yep. So for day one, it's it's more just a kind of a, a body flush, and you're not doing a ton of long distance running. It's just kind of jog to get the, the blood moving, and then focused um, uh, focused exercises. Day two is kind of the meat and potatoes day for me. Day two and day three really, because day two is my lower body lift. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you can't go nearly as as in depth as you would in the off season. Sure. So maybe that's a two hour lift in the off season, and it's a forty five minute lift before BP mm-hmm. during the season. Um, but I really try and, and hammer that just to, to make sure I have at least one day of, of pretty strenuous uh, weightlifting each week. Uh, and that comes in contact with that, that kind of varies if it's a, you know, a, a 91 20 day throwing wise, or if I really want to stretch it out, I can do that mm-hmm. after a day off. Um, Cause that will, that'll lead me into then my bullpen day, which is uh, day three. And that's, I think most guys will throw theirs on day two, for whatever reason. That's what they like. Interesting. I like it on day three. I know. I know the organization. Like in spring training, everyone threw their bullpens on day two, mm-hmm. and that was you know, that was fine because you're throwing twenty five, forty pitches max, sure. so you you weren't really um, burned out at that point. Yeah. But I, I just feel better on day three. I feel like that that gives me the best chance to really work on stuff in the pen. Nice. So that'll be you know twenty five, maybe a thirty pitch pen on uh, on day three. An upper body lift, which is uh, much shorter than the lower, because uh, you're already kind of burned out from the pen. Mm-hmm. And then day four is just kind of do whatever you need to do to get ready for for start day. So that could be that's usually just catch play, um, and then you know some sprints. Sweet. How much uh, how much distance running are you doing? Hardly any. Really? Yeah. Um, What's the, the reason is, behind that? It's it's really just it's not. Um, it's not an effective flush technique. It, it really doesn't do what, you know, what it has always been thought to do. You're making a lot of people happy right now saying this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I came up with, um, you know, the guys over at Cressy performance yeah. started in Massachusetts and, and have since kind of exploded all over the country. Yep. Um, but that was kind of day one. Um, one of, one of Eric Cressy's kind of controversial opinions is that, you know, if guys are going to run, that's fine, but just have them do sprints because mm-hmm. uh, it much more closely mirrors the, the kind of exertion from a pitching motion. Um, so we do, I do a lot of sprints, 
Um, but really the only time we'll, uh, I'll, I'll kind of extend that run is on day one where I'm just kind of jogging pole to pole for five minutes just yep. to really kind of start my day. It's not a, you know, I, I really want to burn myself out over 15 miles. Nice. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah, I, I'd, uh, I know a lot of guys would probably be very psyched to hear <laughs> to hear you say that, oh, Milwaukee says uh, we don't have to run far. That's really nice. Um, when you talk about upper body lifts, um, what type of movements are you working in there? Usually that's, uh, you know, a push, a pull, and a core stability, and, and some guys leave it at that. I usually try and add, you know, two or three more exercises of those uh, of those variations. But, I mean, for instance, yesterday it was uh, – like single arm dumbbell bench, uh, dumbbell row, TRX work. So that could be pretty much anything, but the TRX is, it features heavily in our program. Yep. Um, we use the Kaiser machine a lot, which is a lot like the, the pulley system, but yep. it, it can measure force output. So that's, that's really nice to, you know, very versatile. We have one of those in our, in our clubhouse. Um, and, and really that's, you know, that's about it. It's, it's a lot of core stability on that day. And, you know, you don't want to burn it out pushing or pulling crazy heavy weights, um, mm-hmm. especially because I just threw my pen yeah. uh, on that same day. So a lot of it is just get in there, kind of get the muscles moving, really feel it, but not, you know, I, I don't feel sore from that one the yeah. day after. How about, uh, how about off time when you do get down days and, and uh, you know, when you get home from the park or before you have to head to the park besides doing uh, awesome podcasts like this one? Uh, yeah. what are you, what are you spending your downtime doing? So I have a, a 1989 Jeep Cherokee, mm. um, and it is a, it's a 30 year old car and kind of what I'm, what I'm doing in my, my days off my downtime right now is just kind of, it's not broken, but fixing it up. Um, you know, it, it still, it does everything I need it to do, but I'm, I'm kind of learning about cars in general and this car in particular. Yeah. Um, kind of getting under the hood, sliding under the body and just really kind of cleaning it up, um, you know, putting some new creature comforts in there and, and really just kind of, um, teaching myself about, about auto maintenance. Very cool. Man, all power to you, dude. I'm not man enough for, <laughs> for engines and stuff. I, it's something I've always been like, yeah, I'd really like to know how that works, but then, uh, taking steps to learn about it. I've never gotten into it. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice that this is, I mean, it doesn't have power windows, power seats, anything wow. like so in that sense, it's easier to learn on mm. because you can pull everything out and then actually see everything, you know, how it works. Yep. Um, it's not like everything's hidden in an electrical box. Yep. You know, you see why everything does what it's doing. Very cool, man. Um, how about, I want to talk a little bit about diet nutrition type stuff. Are you somebody who focuses on that or are you just kind of like, I'm the man, I'm just going to get out there and throw it. I don't care what I put in my body. No, that, that second one has never been me. Uh, <laughs> Even even from a young age, mom did a really good job in kind of hammering that home. Shouts was, out, mom. Yep. It was always like the protein, the carb, and the vegetable, cool. all three on the plate. Um, and that's something I've, I've tried to, to carry over um, from college and then into pro ball. Um, and it's actually, it's been a lot easier than I thought it would be. Uh, you know, Eric Sim has become really popular on Twitter with all his, you know, minor league hellhole stories and you know, I so I reading those. It's funny, but it's also oh shit! Is this what I'm in for? Yeah, here we uh, go. Uh, but I really, I mean, I haven't, I haven't encountered anything. Just you know, I don't have any horror stories. I mean, there, there's, you know, you, every, every minor league baseball player will have that one time where the caterer forgets to show up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you just like, you don't get dinner that night. So you have to go out and, you know, spend 10 bucks on dinner. Yeah. Um, but by and large, I think the, the brewers and, and the Mudcats organization, um, in particular, they do a really good job with the, the pre and post game meals. I mean, there's always enough food. It's always pretty good food. So, you know, I think, I think we're, we're pretty fortunate in that regard. Yeah. And it, it, um, makes it easier. You know, you're not choosing between McDonald's and Burger King. You're yeah. choosing between, you know, do I have green beans? Do I have peas tonight? Like there's, and it gets better as, as you go up, there become more options, better options. Um, but this is, I mean, it's certainly a really good environment to kind of make the right nutrition choices. I was listening to uh, Trevor Bauer's podcast, and he calls them Bauer Bites. He was talking. Yep. He was talking with somebody about. It might have been with Nolan Arenado, and they were talking about uh, the spreads across the league in the clubhouse. And they were saying how when you go to New York and you play, you play the Yankees, they yeah. have hands down the best spread. Is there anybody that you guys go to that you're like, oh, I can't wait to get there and have whatever they have. So the the Brewers, um, they kind of take it out of the hands of the visiting clubhouse manager, which is nice in that in you know sometimes you'll go somewhere and it's just really really bad. Yeah. Um, so in order to counteract that, our strength coach handles all of the food anywhere we go. Wow. So he'll decide who's catering. Um, and and it's kind of across the board. It's pretty good. The the difference is like the snacks that the visiting club he puts out. Nice. So like they're they're in charge of that. Um, Myrtle Beach's clubby does a really, really good job. Nice. What's he got? He's just got a table. It's like um, you know, trail two different types of trail mix, bunch of nuts, some fruit, gummy bears. Guys crush the gummy bears. <laughs> um, sweet Tuck them in the pocket, eat them between innings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plenty of bottles of water. Um, just you know, a, a lot of a lot of variety right there. Yep. Where you need um, really, really good on the snacks. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah. Um, let's get uh, let's get kind of into your start, man. I'd love to go. Um, I want to talk specifically about the second and third innings. Um, the second <laughs> inning, you rolled. I've yep. I've only seen you throw once, um, but that inning, I would say, is okay. When he's at his best, that's what it looks like. Um, your curveball was sharp and down. The fastball was dotted inside and out. Um, what's your mindset through an inning like that where you're just like, do you realize in the moment, wow, I'm, I'm rolling right now. I'm in a really good rhythm here. Yes and no. I think it's, it's a lot more about just kind of consecutive pitches. You, know, mm-hmm. you drill, drill a fastball and like, all right, you know, I got that. And then you spin a really good curveball. You're like, okay, back to back, you know, I, I got it now. Um, so, so in some sense, yes. I mean, it all, it always kind of changes in the inning. Um, as you, as you saw in that yeah. start, but, uh, that, that was definitely a good one. I think, what was it? A first pitch out to, to start it off. Yep. Uh, and then two K's. Yes. I mean, that's, that's just a, a really good inning cause you don't throw very many pitches. Yeah. You get punchies on the board. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can kind of feel as soon as, as soon as the ball comes off your fingers, like, is that a good one or is that, you know, just okay. Um, so you kind of, you realize, and especially with the, the first pitch out, yeah. like, you're basically golden after that. You steal, you throw one pitch, you get an out to start an inning. I mean, you're playing with house money at that point. Yeah. So that really, that really will get you going. At least it does for me. If I have to, if I can just throw a fastball over the plate and get a ground ball, I'll take that. And then, you know, we get to the, it's so crazy how you can come off that inning where everything is okay, lights out, no problem, just in and out. And then uh, you get to the third and things got a little weird. 
Um, first of all, you don't walk, guys. Coming to this game, you had six walks on the season, I believe. Um, yeah. You walked two in this start, and one of them was to start out the inning. Um, right. Full count, walk, um, and then what did we get to? Do you remember? I have it in my notes here, but if you know it, please jump in. I do not, honestly. Walk, was- and then uh, you faced a lefty. First pitch, fastball. Uh, that's what it was. Ground ball to second. Uh, runner, I'm sorry. Yeah, ground ball to second base. Runner advances, and then the runner steals third and was clearly out at third. Right, right. How do you handle something like that? Where now you have runner on third, one out, where you should have bases empty, two outs. Well, you just have runner on third, one out. You don't, you don't handle it. I mean, you let the the catcher and the manager do the yelling for you. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, they're not gonna they're not gonna huddle up and change that call. Yeah. Um, nothing anyone's gonna say that's gonna make them. Um, and that's that's another thing you just kind of have to be ready for in minor league baseball. Yep. Like, Th- that in and of itself, like the safer out call there, is not the most egregious thing I've seen. You mm. know, I mean, it, it was clear. Yeah, but by no means was that the 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 worst uh, worst call of that series, even. Um, and so, I mean, you just you, you just have to make another pitch. Yeah, um, and that's that's something that I I you know pride myself on being able to do, and and that start really just didn't get that one done. I mean, runner on third, one out. That's a, a strikeout spot. You just you get a punch out. I think I might have had that next guy with two strikes. Um, yep, ground ball the shortstop. Yeah, run so, scored. So in that in that, I think it was a curveball that I threw him there. Yep. Um, in that case, you know, I'm 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 not throwing a curveball for a strike. I want that in the dirt. I want that to be a you know swing over pitch. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Um, so that mean if I strike him out there, we're on we're runner on third, two outs. Yep. we're golden. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a matter of just you know centimeters basically. Like, did I get it down enough, or did it need to be a little bit more away? Um, and that's you know that's kind of just slowing the moment down and saying, all right, where exactly do I want this pitch, and how can I drill it? Yeah. So, so then you go uh, runners uh, run scores ground ball to short two outs, and then you go o two with back to back fastballs on the next batter. You throw another fastball and give up a double to right center, I believe. Yes. You looked that upset. Because it was cocked. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I, I had thrown two really good fastballs in that in that bat. I think one was uh, swinging, swinging strike up and then in. Uh, dotted on the corner in. Yeah, yep. that was like one of one of my best fastballs in of the day. I thought yep. I was I was rolling. I was feeling really good. And then just got <clears throat> kind of sped up on myself mm-hmm. and I mean that was a belt high fastball over the middle you're gonna throw a, a pro hitter that pitch with two strikes he's gonna hit it yeah um so I, I was pissed off that I just I didn't execute that um because that was another one where playing for the K finish that inning strong and you know you get out get out of it with by all accounts an okay yeah um okay okay slate but that was and and, and then you know you just give up a run and then to have them come back with a double, um, you know, you're kind of putting yourself in an, in an even worse spot. Yep. Kind of, that, that's what a rally smells like. So, mm. um, and then you go ground ball to ground ball the second, uh, almost booted by the second baseman, made a good recovery. Um, yeah. But that man, that type of stuff, I've been in that mindset before, uh, where you're walking off the field and you're kind of like, 
holy shit, man. <laughs> like, all right, that was a wild yeah. one. How do, and then in the fourth, you come out and you regain your composure. How, you know, what happens with yourself in the dugout on that walk off the field, on the walk back onto the field that kind of helps you regain composure there and zone back in for what you need to do in the fourth? I think really by the time I sit down on the bench um, coming, af- coming out after an inning, um, it's all gone. I mean, you, you have from the, the mound till you hit the dugout steps, really, to kind of like, shit, that pitch should have been there or, yep. you know, whatever. And then at that point, it's just, okay, who's up next? Um, you know, what's feeling good? What's working? Because if you, if you carry the last inning out to the, the next one, you're, you're already kind of pitching against the guys you've already faced and not, yeah. not paying attention to the guys in front of you. Your uh, your curveball, man, you get a lot of righty rollovers on that. Is that something that you look to late in counts for that purpose? That's something that uh, has actually kind of been been identified to me with the you know we'll, we'll go over the kind of the metrics that we have yeah. uh, on each of our pitches with the pitching coach and and so they have uh, the pitching coach himself as well as the you know someone higher up in the organization has said you know we want him to throw more curveballs. Mm. Uh, and so that that was relayed to me initially is just we want him to throw more curveballs and I thought okay, fine. Um, and then the pitching coach sat me down and showed me the breakdown, like the TrackMan uh, scores on on all of my pitches and you know how each one is moving. And so I could see okay, the curveball is is a better pitch than I thought it was. So that becomes something that I I rely on a little bit more um, maybe than my slider. And then how, uh, you mix in a changeup every now and then as well. What's your what's your feelings towards that? Where do you go to that? Oh, changeup's been my bread and butter since I was fifteen, maybe. Nice. Uh, so I, I was probably a little bit more equitable between the changeup and the curveball last outing, um, but in general, that that changeup is kind of my my difference maker. Yeah. Because um, I'll throw that to anyone. At you any throw time. it. You throw it into lefties, man. You start it on the hip. That looks really good. Yeah, that's that's really the the pitch that, you know, I don't even really try and spot it in any place. I'll throw it down the middle and just let it move. Yep. Because um, that's really when it when it's at its sharpest anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just throwing it straight out ahead. But that's that's really you know what I can kind of rely on, especially, I guess especially in in that Winston Salem game, I got I think their three hitter, had a double play from him and a ground ball from him, uh, both on changeups. Yep. Just you know. Early in counts, I can I can go to that for a contact pitch, and then late in counts, I can go to it for a swing and miss if I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a very very handy pitch. And then towards the end, uh, before your night was finished, you seemed like you wanted to stay. Were you kind of campaigning to stay out there and finish up? Absolutely. Yeah. Is that always the go to for you, or do you know do you know when you have it and when you don't? You know when you have it and when you don't, but that doesn't really matter when you want to stay. Fair, um, fair enough. <laughs> so I mean, there's there's never a situation where I'm I'm asking to be taken out or I you know I want to come out of the game. That that one was tough, um, just because I thought you know, I had a punch out to start the inning, and then uh, their lefty Dilo just kind of fisted a curveball out. You know, if we're not in the shift, that lands in the shortstop's uh, glove. Yeah, but. The shift helps more than hurts, so you can't really complain. It just, you know, it wasn't like he was, you know, he didn't, he didn't smoke that ball. Um, so yeah, I wanted to stay in. I, I was feeling good. I don't think I was close to my pitch count or anything. It was yeah. just a matter of, um, with the rain out, and you know, I'd, I'd given up three. It wasn't a, a sparkling outing. Mm. Um, and they wanted to get the the left you came in for me some work because he hadn't thrown in a while. Yep. Um, but in, in general, I mean. 
the the way you prove you can do it is you pitch really well at your level and you do it a lot. Yeah. So the more you're in the game, the better chance you have to do that. Absolutely. A lot of pitchers, especially recently, I think Rich Hill was uh, caught on film the other day walking off the field after giving up a, a, I don't know, check swing base hit to the left side where they had the shift on against a lefty. And he's pissed, and he, and he was yeah. yelling into his glove. And um, How do you feel about the shift? How do, how do guys that you know feel about the shift? What's kind of the general consensus of pitchers that you're around um, on whether it's a good thing or a bad thing? I don't. I don't think we've got anyone who's got real strong opinions either way. Um, I, I think it it makes sense when you've got a guy whose whose stuff is a little bit more shift friendly. Yeah. I guess you know, like I'm I'm going to pitch to contact a little bit more. I mean, I'll, I'll get my punch outs, but um, you know, you're not going to shift on a lefty with the, with the guy throwing 98, right? Just it just doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. Or maybe you abbreviate the shift a little. Um, but at least, at least for me, I mean, we've got some stellar defenders up the middle too that cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I'll, I'll turn around on a on a sharply hit ball up the middle and think, you know, oh that's through, and then oh no, guy's two steps to his left. Um, so I mean, I'm 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 a fan. I think if we've got if we've got the information, we might as well use it. Yeah. Um, and if guys aren't going to adjust their swings accordingly, then that's their bad. Yeah. So when know, I, think, I think I think the higher levels you get to, the less guys are going to adjust their swings like that because they have the numbers on their side too <laughs> that says yeah hey man i hit 35 dingers a year so what are you gonna <laughs> what are you gonna tell me right and every once in a while it's gonna burn you and that's just the way it is yeah um and and of course that's the one everyone focuses on is like oh yeah you know i hate the shift it you know, cost me a cost me a hit cost me a run whatever it was but yeah how about all the you don't you don't think about all the ones it's taken away because the guy was right there you know where the shortstop's on the second base side of the bag yep second baseman side of the bag excuse me you said it wasn't a dazzling start for you I thought you looked good regardless of outcome um what do you think you could have improved on for this start that was it was kind of a building block for me in terms of really maintaining the feel of my changeup because that's a pitch I've I just didn't have the past couple outings mm-hmm. just wasn't wasn't real comfortable with it um and it, it was kind of spinning on me not really moving a lot so getting back to a point where I felt like I was throwing that with with a lot of movement and and having good results with it. Um, that was important. And then I think, you know, just a, a, a couple, a couple pitches here and there. I know the, the one of the double, although that one didn't really hurt. Um, obviously the two walks, I mean, that's, that pisses me off more than anything, really. Just putting guys is, is not, not what I want to do. Um, I think it was a fastball to Madrigal up in a way that he kind of shot into right for a single, um, I don't know if he got an RBI on that, but it was a two strike count. Like, yep. And he got a guy O two, and he gets a hit. That was I mean, after that's... he fouled off two bunts, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that that seemed kind of like a freebie to me. Um, you know, back in the looking back on it, maybe that's a good spot to to pull out the slider, just something he's not seen before. And, sure. Um, just give him a different look for the first time that he's swinging. Um, I mean, o- overall, like there was there were some pitches on. You know that that I, I made and I wouldn't take back. I think it was a broken bat single to Remillard up the middle. Yep. You know what are you going to do? Fastball down and in, then broke his bat. Yep. So, um, you know, I th- I think there were and that was that was another two out hit. You know, again where it's like can't really do anything about that. Um, obviously, I'd love for it to find a glove, but you just got to make the next pitch. Um, I think there might have been a walk in that inning as well. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that, you know, 
shit's going to happen. Like the broken bats hit, bad hits are going to happen. But what you can control is, is how you react to it. And putting another guy on base obviously isn't, um, isn't helping your cause. So that was really kind of, you know, can't let it spiral on myself like that. Yeah. You threw at Harvard, um, three years or four, four, four years at Harvard. Um, so you got that degree too, man. Nice. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, while you were there, were you also a high percentage strike guy, not walking guys, or is this a, a newer thing for you that you're able to stay around the zone? Uh, my first few years, I wasn't a high percentage anything guy. Um, I think I had 12 innings combined freshman, sophomore year. I was not good. Yeah. Uh, junior year, I had some had some struggles too, but it was the, the summer after my junior year um, and my senior year that I really put it together and kind of stayed around the zone, but was, was around and in the zone with three or four pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, that's what really made the difference for me is that I, you know, working ahead in the count, um, makes all of my stuff better, makes anyone's stuff better really. Yeah. Um, and so when you, when you do that, you kind of open up a world of possibilities for yourself. For sure, man. Well, dude, we are so excited to have had you here. I'd love to have you back. This was a great convo, man. And uh, is there yeah. any, anything that you want to plug, dude? Where can we find you on social media? Um, your next start? When's it going to be? Et cetera. Yeah. Um, on social media, Instagram and Twitter, just uh, just my name. Um, next start is tomorrow. So the day after the off day, we got Salem coming into town. Nice. So that'll be a good one. Um, and yeah, I mean, follow the Carolina Mudcats. Sweet, man. Oh, that was, you know what? That was one last thing I wanted to talk to you about, yep. and then we'll really end this. Um, you've bounced around a little bit mm-hmm. in just the last year. How, how what, does, what is that like? How do you deal with that, like, you know, first of all, just the uncertainty that you can be anywhere yeah. at, at any time, but also then having to adjust? Well, I think, I think baseball itself, like pro baseball is really cool in that you never know from one day to the next where you're going to be. Yeah. Um, and it's never, it never works out like, Hey, in next week, you're going to go to this place that there's, there's no, um, there's no warning like that. So for me in, in, sh- um, short season last year, it was, you know, the, my, my mom and sister flew out. And then that night I had to go to Modesto mm-hmm. uh, in high Bay, And, um, then I was pitching really well and got sent back just cause they signed someone else, uh, and sent someone down and then go to AAA real quick and yep. come back. Um, so for me, that's exciting. Um, and and cool. some guys, that's, that's really stressful. And, you know, if you have a, a wife and kids or, or people depending on you, that, that makes things a lot different. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of out here on my own. I've got my host family, which is great. Um, but I don't have to worry about kind of, you know, I, I can, I can do that. I can bounce around and, and be totally happy with that. So, you know, I, I think that, it's it's difficult to try and game plan or play GM or anything like that. You just kind of enjoy one day at a time and and you know be as successful as you can at, at that level, and that'll take you wherever you go. I can imagine that's the only attitude that will really keep you sane in that situation where you're with you know. Would you do five? This is your fifth team, two second organization. Uh, it sounds right. Maybe fourth. Fourth team. Yeah, because you three, went. Oh, three, you went back, right? Yeah. Yeah, three with Seattle and uh, and one here. Cool, man. Well, listen, dude, I, I really appreciate your time. Great talking to you. And uh, like I said, we'd love to do this again with you. Catch you after yeah, the course. next one. Sweet, yeah. man. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks, everybody, awesome. for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. And uh, hit Noah up, man. He's waiting for you to shoot him a follow on all his platforms. See ya.
Thanks for listening to Every Fifth Day. If you want more, find us on Instagram at Every Fifth Day Pod for clips from this episode, other episodes, and in-game footage. Also, follow me, Alex Legos, at Alex Legos Was Taken for daily behind-the-scenes content and more. Thanks again for listening. Press play on that next episode and enjoy.